in any way, would you stand? If you served in VBS in any way, would you please stand? We just want to say thank you. This is a great group right here. We had a lot of group volunteers. Thank you so much. These kind of events make a, a, a lasting impression. I am 38 years old now, and I still remember VBS. I do remember things about VBS. So those, those weeks are impactful weeks um, uh, and can, can, can do a lot more than we can ever imagine. And so thank you so much for your service and your time and your energy. So I want to start today by showing a few videos to you. Uh, they're short videos. They're actually AmeriQuest, the company AmeriQuest, um, d- 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 put on a lot of these videos. Um, I've, I, I, I love to show commercials because um, I think they're such a, a... The people who write the commercials, um, they understand our culture very well. And so I, I've kind of gotten away from it recently, but... Just watch these because I, I want to make a point with them later on. But this is, this is good stuff. This is really funny. You can shut it down. It's fine. There's more of them where that came from. So. But uh, don't judge too quickly. A lot of times, uh, yeah, things aren't as they appear. Or there's more to the story than what we, we see. And um, I want you to imagine with me today that there is a bank that credits your account each morning was $86,400. Carries no balance from day to day. Every day it deletes whatever part of the balance you fail to use during that day. You know what you would do with it. You know what I would do with it. We would draw out every last penny every day. Each of us does have such a bank. It's called the bank of time. Every morning it credits you with 8,600 or 86,400 seconds. Every night it writes it off as lost, whatever of this you have failed to invest in a good purpose. It carries over no balance. There are no rollover minutes in this plan. It allows no overdraft. Each day it opens a new account for you. Each night it burns the remains of the day. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. There's no going back. There's no drawing against the tomorrow. You must live in the present on today's deposit. It was A.W. Tozer who said, Time is a resource that is non-renewable and non-transferable. You cannot store it, slow it, hold it up, divide it up, or give it up. You can't hoard it up or save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember that there is no resurrection. It's something that we can't stop talking about. It seeps into nearly its way into nearly every conversation. In fact, according to the editors of the Concess Oxford Dictionary, time is the most frequently used noun in the English language. Time is the most frequently used noun in the English language. The titles of self-help books in our bookstores mirror our obsession with time. One year to this, 30 days to that, seven days to this, 60 minutes to this or that. And I would remind you this morning that your most valuable, non-replenishing resource is time. It's time. You can always make more money. 
You cannot make more time. You cannot make more time. It's so valuable. It's so, so valuable. It is what every one of us have been given on this earth, the same amount. You know, we're having these conversations in our culture about income inequality, and, and uh, we have uh, these uh, <clears throat> um, rallies or these protests, and, and the, the class warfare, it's always been kind of under the surface, but it seems to be coming more and more of a, a lightning rod. And, but I will tell you that regardless of what class you come from, Financially, that you all have been given the same amount of this valuable, valuable, valuable resource, and that is time. Me and Bill Gates share the same thing in common. Not the same bank account, but the same thing. We both have the same amount of time. And his money is not going to be able to buy him more time. It's, it's the same that we each have been given. He's not going to be able to buy 25 hours in a week, eight hour, or uh, 25 hours in a day or eight days in a week. The value of time, ask someone, uh, just think about the value of a month. Ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. How about the value of an hour? Ask the businessman whose flight was delayed an hour and he missed an important business deal. How valuable is a minute? Ask the man who had the heart attack in the restaurant and an EMT happened to be sitting at the next table and saved his life. What's the value in a second? Ask the person who barely missed a head-on collision with an oncoming car. How valuable even is a millisecond? Ask the Olympic swimmer who missed qualifying for six-tenths. Time is just so, so valuable. Unbelievably valuable. The word communicates this to us on a lot of different, in, in different occasions. Uh, kind of we get an idea of what God thinks about time, he who is outside of time, but what he thinks about time in different ways that he expresses it. Think about what Psalm says. It says this, show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years as is, no, is, is as nothing before you. Everything is but a breath, even those who seem secure. James kind of mirrors the same thing in the New Testament. Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. It, it, it seems like it consistently communicates to us that time is so valuable because it is so short. Uh, there's a brevity to our lives. I know sometimes it seems like it's not, and it's dragging, and it, really for a lot of us, it seems like it's sped up, and so we can get into this a little bit. But the scriptures are communicating to us in this matter of time, understand that there's a brevity to it. And so management of time is important because the brevity of our lives is short. It's why the psalmist or Moses in Psalm chapter 90 says this, Lord, teach me, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days 
so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. Yes, he is, as he's spoken a little bit earlier in that, in that psalm about the shortness of life, but he's saying, listen, it is short, it is brief, it is so valuable, so help me to learn what to do with it. Help me to see how I can maximize the time I have on this earth. It's Stephen Covey in his epic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, who writes, time management is actually a misleading concept. You can't really manage time. You can't delay it, speed it up, save it, or lose it. No matter what you do, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. The challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. I read about a dad who realized he was so busy that he was, he was starting to miss chunks or portions of his kids' lives. And he said he never planned to take them for granted or he didn't deliberately choose to miss out uh, on quality time with his kids. But he realized that just uh, as it so often happens, things were needing to be done and work was this and, and the next thing was here and he was starting to realize wow I am starting to miss out on my kids lives and and so he did something uh, when his daughter was a sophomore when this really hit him and he sat down and grabbed a hold of it um, and he did something that ended up changing his whole life and his family's life he purchased a bunch of marbles and when he got home he counted out 143 marbles and he put them in a jar. He had calculated that from where his daughter was right now until she would graduate and leave home, he had 143 Saturdays left. And so he put those marbles in that jar, those 143 marbles, so that he would be reminded as each Saturday he would take one out would be one less as he did this to remind him of the importance of investing his time in the places that mattered the most because time is valuable time is fleeting time cannot be taken back or brought back i would remind you of this wise time management does not mean that you do more but more of what matters most Good time, if, if you know, time manager, how we manage our time is not meaning you're trying to do more, but you are doing more of what matters most. I, I, I don't want to belabor this, 944. I don't want to get into this because I, I read a lot about this this week, but it's amazing these studies that they're doing at, at, at universities, uh, um, these studies they, they're doing that we have slipped into in our culture this idea that if you're busy, um, you must be productive. If you're busy, you must be effective. And actually, it has now become a part of our culture where we think more of someone who says they're busy or they did this one particular state. Here, I'm gonna go belabor the point. I gotta stop. Anyway, we are so caught up in words like production and effective and we think that that, that in order to do that, we have got to just fill our lives up, cram them full, and then we're actually getting somewhere. And I would tell you that, honestly, 
that is, that is not the reality. That is not the truth. Um, and again, on the flip side, they are doing a lot of studies about the time and, and how effective we are. And, and we're finding that <clears throat> cramming your life with thing after thing after thing is not the best management of your time. It's not how time was meant to be used or utilized. And so I want to just drop these five things out there for you. And then I want to come back and I want to share with you from Scripture something else that the Scriptures show us about time. Something deeper, something better. But I would, because we're all obviously wanting to know how do I maximize, how do I utilize the time that I've been given. And so I would just remind you, there, there's a lot of different stuff out there that you, could, that you could grab onto. Here's five today. I'm just trying to remind you of one, that time is so valuable. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing. I want you to walk out of here and remember, hey, this is something that I don't get back that is, it's more valuable than money, honestly. It is more valuable than money. And what am I doing with it? Am I, am I maximizing the time I've been given? Well, I would say one, schedule your values. Schedule your values. Why is uh, the difference, uh, hold on, let me say this. It was John Grisham, everybody knows who John Grisham is, right? Uh, the, the famous author, um, they've, made a lot of, they've made a number of movies out of his books. But his story is that he was an attorney who hated his job. <laughs> he, uh, he wanted to be an author, but he didn't know where to begin. He just couldn't get going, and, and he was stuck in this rut, his job, and doing this. And finally, he decided to do one thing, one habit. He started by writing a one-word message to himself on his calendar for every day on his monthly calendar. Every day had a word at the top. This is what I'm scheduling this day. And it was simply one word, write, write. He began to schedule it into every day of his life. He said to himself, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna get to work 60 minutes early each day. And I'm going to write just one page per day. And that's what he did. He started getting up an hour earlier, showing up at his desk an hour before the normal time, and he began writing. And out of that, he kept on writing. Today, he's one of the most prolific, appreciated novelists of our day. And it was simply the power of a single word written on a schedule and lived out. Schedule your values. Listen, life can be as busy as you want it to be, right? Um, I'm talking to the busiest people that our, our world has ever known. We filled our time. You, have, you don't have more time than they had 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago, but you've got a lot more going on than they did 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago. And I'm telling you that in the midst of this, that if you are going to allow this valuable resource that we've been given to be useful and effective and impact your life powerfully, then at the top of that is you sit down and you determine what are my values, what are important to me, and these are going into my schedule. They go in first. 
these happen whether that, 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 or that happen. Schedule your values. I would ask you this. What is the single word that you need to write on your weekly, daily, or monthly calendar? So often the difference between the values you embrace and the life you live, the difference between what you value and the life that you actually live equals the frustration that you experience. Schedule your values. But I would also say too, build in rest. All right, Chip, you're telling me this is a valuable thing. The scriptures are telling me to teach us to number our days, to understand it's short so it matters, um, this, this valuable resource. And then you're telling me that in the midst of that, I need to build in time where I'm resting, I'm not doing something, or I'm allowing myself to recharge. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, a standard paper, eight and a half by 11 that we use for you know, school and writing and every day is uh, 93.5 square inches, right? You didn't know that. I didn't either. Um, But, you know, most of the time, what do your teachers require? A one-inch margin on your class, your papers, right? There's a one-inch margin on an eight-and-a-half by 11 sheet of paper, correct? Um, What percentage do you think that one-inch margin takes up of the paper? I mean, if you ask me, I would say 15%. Actually, 37% of the paper is blank. 37% of the paper is blank. More than one-third of the page is given to just empty space. In fact, when you double-space the lines of a text, of the text, a majority, over 50% of the paper becomes blank. It's because the empty borders help us focus on the printed text. It creates a comfortable feel for our eyes. In fact, magazines, and, and they all get this because <clears throat> a lot of times they will, they will use uh, large amounts, amounts of margin on each page. Um, in fact, if you, you can look at this at some of the, the more popular ones, they really give space for margin because they get this concept. The less clutter, the less going on, the more I'm able to grab into and focus on what is important in that text. You ever have a piece of paper where they just try to single space it, 12 font, 10 font, and fill that baby up completely? What do you do when you read it? You're exhausted, right? You're tired just reading the page because they're overloading it. They're trying too much. Guess what? That's exactly the principle that is in play in our lives. This quote has been the biggest quote for me this week. John Gardner former Secretary of Health and Education under President Lyndon Johnson said this, we can keep ourselves so busy, fill our lives with so many diversions, stuff our heads with so much knowledge, involve ourselves with so many people and cover so much crown that we never have time to probe the fearful and wonderful world within us. By middle life, most of us are accomplished 
fugitives from ourselves. We're so busy, we don't even know who we are. We haven't, that's, what, that's why so many of us as, as, as pastors, as spiritual leaders, are always talking about devotional life or silence or solitude because it's in those moments that we are able to slow down and the voice of God can speak to us and we can begin to grab a sense of who we are and we can have that space, that margin in our lives that's so important so that we are grounded and we are aware, and then we are able to communicate with the one who created us and knows exactly how we need to perform and function. Our lives, to make the best use of our time, is to build margin in our lives of doing nothing or resting. In fact, proper sleep habits have long been a part of this. Um, recently a research team released findings and they found that during the hours that we are unconscious, the brain takes advantage of the opportunity and actually shrinks the synapsis that connects the brain's neurons by actually up to 20% when you sleep at night. And the reason is to remove inconsequential information and make room for new memories to be made. Without this process, it would cause an overload and we are not able to cope, right? Amen? That's, that's your go-to for a lot of you, right? I don't have enough sleep. Well, that's exactly right. You absolutely need to rest for your body to then perform at an optimum level. You overload it, you're gonna run at 20% or 30% or 40%. Russell Foster at Oxford University, who was a sleep researcher on this, it is critical to have pruning done at night so that the huge amount of information encoded by these synapses during the day uh, don't overwhelm the brain. And I am telling you, this is exactly true of our lives. If you go too fast, too hard, too long, you are not gonna be any good at anything, right? Your body wasn't meant that way. In fact, that's what's at play, right? In, this, in the idea that God himself rested on a seventh day. God, does God need to rest? Doesn't seem like it to me. But he was doing it he was showing us an example that we would need to utilize. We are built to take a break. We have to take a break. I'm just sitting here and I don't know why. It's 9.56. <laughs> Build in rest. The third thing, say no to many small things to say yes to a few big things. Four, Create artificial deadlines for increased effectiveness. Um, it's like the vacation principle, right? And you know vacation's coming. Man, you do a lot of stuff before vacation, right? I mean, you are a machine before you're headed off the road. 
Because you got a dead, you are, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Do that in your life. Create deadlines for yourself. Trust me on this. I'm not going to take time with it. Empower others as if your future depends on it because it does. The, other, the idea is you do not have time to do everything. Trust people around you who can do certain things. And that's kind of, uh, anyway. But, so I've just thrown out some stuff for you to think about with time. Here's what I really want to get at. Because the scriptures remind us it's fleeting, so it's valuable, and to teach us to number our days so that we live the, you know, the optimum life. But there's something else in play in scripture about time. It's really at the heart of it. You see, there's two words in scripture for time. There's chronos, which is minutes, seconds, clocks, wristwatches, measuring time, measuring time. That's the popular, I mean, that's the way we would use time most of the time, right, time. But there's also keros. Keros is the idea of opportunity or the right time, the proper time, the opportunity that this time affords or the appointed time. So listen to this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Make the most of every opportunity. I love the fact that the NIV commentators really honed in on this word, keros, because the King James Version says what? You remember this verse in the King James? Redeem the time for the days are evil, right? And so often I have heard whole things written about redeeming the time. And it goes back to a time management thing. I need to redeem my time, right? I need to be someone who redeems my time. That means I need to be smart about, you know, fitting everything in and getting everything done type deal. And for so long, that's what I thought. The scriptures were, you know, yeah, it's fleeting. Yeah, we need to number our days. Yeah, we need to realize. And so Ephesians 5, 16 is just fitting right into that. I need to redeem the time. I need to, you know, 8 o'clock this, 8.30 this, 9 here. Duh, duh. I'm redeeming the time, man. I'm making the most of my time. And then I began to study this verse when I preached on this verse one time. And I realized, oh, Wow. You're not really getting quite what it's trying to say. It's not fill up or make efficient use of your time is not the idea. You see, the chronos outlook is, is the one we think of in 24 hours in a day. We define our work weeks by the number of hours that we work. We have a list of things to do and only so much time to get everything done. Being conscious of our minutes and seconds, yes, it's a good thing. Yes, there's some, there's some ideas there that we've shared, but really... Um, Uh, This is not what is being said here by Paul. He's taking us to a deeper understanding of what time affords us, how we should think about time, not in measurables, not in minutes, seconds, and packing it in and making it happen, but in opportunities. Time becomes 
opportunities. The word, the word is keros. It means time, but it's not just an idea, any idea of time. It's not minutes and seconds, um, wristwatches and clocks. It's about the flow of time or a specific, it's not about the flow of time or a specific measurement of time. It carries with it the idea of the right time, a predetermined time, an opportune time. See, Kronos would say, how much time before lunch? Keros would say, is it time for lunch? One speaks of minutes, seconds, the other is speaking of a point in time. And it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't have to be an instant in time, Keros. It could be a short window, like it's time to take a break, or it could be a longer window of time. It's time to harvest the crops. In those examples, the Keros is the time when you better take advantage of the opportunity. The crops aren't going to harvest themselves. There is an appointed time. It has to happen in this time this opportunity that you have. In other words, you make the most of every opportunity. It's like I only have a brief opportunity to take care of my kids while they're still young children. I only have a brief opportunity when a friend of mine is in pain. I have a brief opportunity, a window of time to reach out to them at that moment when they're hurting to help them and he says make the most of every opportunity the word there is the word redeem the opportunity that's why the king james translated redeem the time (coughs) and i've wondered why did it use this word redeem or make the most of it's a marketplace term it's taking something back from something. It's to take someone from slavery. It's to purchase something out of its state where it's at. You are going to where they're at and you're taking them out. And he's saying we are to go and take the opportunities that are in front of us. Why? Because the days are evil. Paul says that we should be doing this. He was looking around a world where, just like today, evil was everywhere. So pervasive. It's so pervasive in his time and in ours that our opportunities to do good, to do keros, to take advantage of of the situation is easily slipped away and it's consumed by darkness unless we act. It's as if we have to rescue and redeem opportunities from the clutches of the world. This isn't a tug of war thing where there's opportunity, we're pulling on it, the world's pulling on it. What he's saying is, listen, it's already gone. The world around us is evil. It's on us to go into an evil world and to take opportunity to redeem things or people from that evil world. Make the most of every opportunity.
opportunity. And so scripture is saying, listen, time is minutes and seconds and management of that. But it's more than that. Time is giving you a chance to take as many opportunities as you can to take away from this evil world um, the destruction and, and use through the power of the spirit and God's grace your ability to redeem things and people from this evil world. Time is not measurables, it's opportunities. Instead of looking at our time as grains of sand slipping away, we view our time as opportunities flying by. It's like this. Because the days are evil, if we just go with the flow of our culture, we will lead wasted lives. Because the days are evil, the opportunities we have to do good and to bring glory to God are already on an autopilot course. Uh, they're swallowed up by busyness and, and, and maybe worldly mindsets. And he's saying, listen, when you think about time and, and all that is involved in it, you have to understand that now you have opportunities. That's what time is giving you. That's what time is about, is taking advantage of the opportunities you have in front of you. Have I said the word opportunity enough? <clears throat> we want to use our minutes and seconds wisely. Biblical effectiveness is not simply necessarily ramming as much as we can do into 24 hours. The effective steward of time recognizes not only recognizes that there are Kairos opportunities, but has the courage to leap on them. The effective steward of his time has organized his schedule in such a way that leaves him open to seizing opportunities. I would say this, don't let your diligence towards chronos, minutes, seconds, management, Rule out your attention to Kairos opportunity. Time is more than measurable. It is opportunity. And you see, that's what this all has to do with kingdom generosity. It's recognizing that God has given his grace into this world He wants to redeem this world. He wants to save this world. He wants his kingdom to come and his will be done in this world. And he has given us time not to just manage it, nicely package it, because in in that time that we have, there are so many opportunities for us to take and seize back from evil. And the way I should be looking at time is not, am I simply a good steward over here and God would be pleased with, hey, I didn't waste this, this, this. But instead, that, that's just some truth to that. But on the flip side, it's also, hey, there's time right now. There's opportunity right now to help this, his kingdom come and his will be done. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. That's time. And when I am open to seeing that, 
And I realized that actually there are opportunities in front of me always to bring about or help bring about his kingdom through the power of his spirit in me. It opens my heart to a level of generosity with my time that I never had before. Yeah, I'm trying to be wise, but I realize (laughs) I've got opportunities in front of me. I've got opportunities in front of me. That's what time has. That's what Kairos is. Opportunities. Help me to take them, seize them, use them. And so when you come and you give of your time and your energy and your effort like you did this week, like you do on a weekly basis, like you do in not just here but in other places, you are doing keros things. You are making the most of every opportunity. You are taking advantage of the time God has given to you to be a partner with him and bring about his kingdom into this world. And when we begin to realize that's what's going on, we are, man, the level of generosity that can be established in our life goes deeper and deeper and deeper. Because what I'm doing is seizing an opportunity. And it won't come around maybe again. And it's not gonna be here forever. It's now. Now's the appointed time. Now is the opportune time. And I'm gonna seize it. Because God gave it to me. Amen? All right. I hope you followed that because I, that was good for me. I enjoyed it. You study it, study it, study it. Think about it, think about it. And it comes out and you're like, yeah, I need that too. I just need to be reminded of it. Time is the valuable resource that we've all been given. There is no, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks or you didn't come from money or you're disadvantaged. No, we all got the same. And in God's kingdom, yeah, he wants us to structure it in a wise way. But he wants to realize that the time means opportunity. Opportunity. Seize the opportunities in front of you. That is using your time wisely let's stand father lord uh, just speak to us in this way uh, about time Uh, I I need to hear as much as can be said about time lord I want to continue to to grow in management of my time but lord I want to understand something deeper You've given me time here to take the opportunities around me that you can use me through the power of your spirit to bring grace, your grace, to share your grace into hearts and lives of people and make a difference. Help us to seize the opportunity to see time as opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Bless us this week. May it be filled with your presence. Go with us from this place, but not from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Have a great week.